Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, Oddings. This is the Something Scary Podcast. I'm your Ate Sapphire. We have a natural instinct to protect babies because they're vulnerable, and sometimes that instinct can be used against us. In this episode, I'll be sharing stories about newborns. Trigger warning, there is some violence against babies, but nothing is described in graphic detail. First, we'll follow a couple on their journey of becoming parents. Then, we'll hear the tragic origin story of Yetta May's ghost. After that, we'll encounter a Filipino Chinook. And finally, we'll haunt a dead woman's great-granddaughter. I receive hundreds of amazing story submissions every single week. As always, the first story you hear is one that I've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. Then I read a few more stories for the podcast. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary at snarled.com. And if you'd like to support the show and receive bonus content, consider joining our Patreon. Our patrons play a huge role in keeping the show running every single week. For more information on how you can help the show and also be a part of it, visit patreon.com snarled. Before we get into this week's episode, I'd like to read some listener mail. This is from Ava, who is responding to the story of the woman by the river from the Mysteries from Mexico part two episode. Hello, I am Ava, and I wanted to share my own knowledge of who my dad calls Mujer de Rio from your latest podcast, Mysteries of Mexico Part 2, of the beautiful woman who followed the men. Mujer de Rio isn't the most popular Mexican urban legend, which is why I was excited to hear someone else's experience with her. For some background, my father was born in Valladolid, Mexico, and my mother is half a Mexican on her mother's side, though she and I are both American, born in Kansas City. I can only tell what my father has told me, but when he was a kid back in the mid-70s, he and his friends and cousins would play, eat, and shop in the village and even play by a river, but their mothers only let them go out during certain times of the day since they weren't allowed to talk to strangers, as the city had many tourists. But one day when my father, Marlon, and his cousins, Caribe, Ivan, 
and Matias went by the river at night. They were all in their teens, but Caribe was in her 20s and knew better than to let them go, but she did anyways. It wasn't too late, only around 9 p.m., but there was a woman there. She looked quite young, and for a woman in Mexico at night who could be easily kidnapped alone, they found it odd. Yvonne had the loudest voice, so he called out to her. She didn't respond, and they all had a bad feeling about it, so they left. Good call, because there was a rumor of a man and his two kids the night before who had all gone missing after they reported seeing a woman at the river who followed them and later acted more aggressive and chased them. As far as my dad knows, they haven't found the man or his kids, but he is grateful that they got out of there as soon as they did. Sincerely, Ava. Well, thanks for that email, Ava. Also, I apologize if I mispronounced anything, which I'm sure that I did. I'm not sure what it is about Mexico that they're so terrified of rivers, but um, it is a really cool story. So, want to hear something scary? Child of the Cliff. The following is based on a Filipino urban legend submitted by Jethro. Pastel and Greg were a happy young couple in love. One of their passions was traveling. They loved to gaze upon the natural beauty of the world. It was how they felt closer to God. Their favorite spot to visit was Mines View Park, a cliff with a spectacular view. That's where Greg proposed to Pastel and where they held their simple wedding ceremony. Not too long after, Pastel became pregnant with their first child. Pastel and Greg, being a very good-looking couple themselves, were constantly showered with assurance from their friends and family that their baby would, too, be beautiful. In the months leading up to their baby's birth, they prepared the nursery and bought many toys and clothes. They spared no expense. They had traveled all over the world to see God's beautiful creations, but they knew nothing would be more beautiful than the new life they would soon be blessed with. They were ready to see God in their new child. The day finally came. Pastel had chosen to give birth naturally in their home, in a tub. She was in labor for quite a while, and Greg was starting to become concerned. But the midwife assured them that everything was fine. After many tiring hours, their baby was born. Congratulations, you have a healthy little girl. The couple smiled down at their little miracle, but only for a fleeting moment. The baby's eyes were large and uneven, almost bulging out of her skull. One of her ears was folded over entirely. One of her arms was shorter than the other. Is she okay? Pastel asked the midwife. Oh yes, she's a very healthy young girl. Despite these minor abnormalities, she will live a long, happy life. Congratulations again. You are so lucky. What are you naming her? The couple didn't answer. Later that night, neither one of them could sleep. They just sat in bed, their thoughts racing through their minds. Their unnamed baby, however, was sleeping peacefully in her crib. Pastel turned to Greg. That's not our baby, she said coldly. I don't see God in that child. I see the devil. Early the next morning, Pastel and Greg decided to visit Mines View Park, thinking it would raise their moods. Pastel carried the baby in her arms as they approached the edge of the cliff and looked out over the valley. The sun was just barely rising. It was still early enough that no one else was at the park. 
Pastel took a step towards the edge, and another, and another, and let her arms drop. Greg rubbed her back comfortingly. We'll try again, honey. A month or so later, Pastel became pregnant again. Every day leading up to her due date, they prayed to God that their baby would be born differently than last time. And she was. Pastel gave birth to a healthy baby girl whose features were a seamless blend of her parents. She was perfect to Pastel and Greg in every way. They decided to name her Angela. On Angela's fourth birthday, they took her to their favorite park so they could show her their special place by the cliff, and that way it could be their special place as a family. But when they entered the gate, Angela began to cry. I don't like this place. She sobbed. Can we go home? We just want to show you our favorite place in the world, darling. Pastel tried to comfort her. It's just right over there. You're going to love it. Angela was putting up a bit of a fight and her parents were embarrassed by the scene they were causing. But they managed to get Angela to the cliff. And that's when she completely lost it. Mommy, no, 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 please don't hurt me, please. At this point, everyone in the park was staring. Please don't throw me over again, please. I'm pretty now. I came back pretty so you'd love me. Don't you love me? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. And now, more Something Scary. This next story comes to us from Kalisha. Yetta May was the youngest of six daughters, and according to her father, the ugliest. She was pole-thin, as he'd say, with large gums too big for her mouth and a limp due to an injury at birth. All of her other sisters were married off and having children of their own, while Yetta was left home, taking care of her ailing father. At 35, she was considered a spinster, and her father never let her forget it. Nobody wants you. Now I'm stuck staring at you till I die. He'd hiss as he would throw shoes and anything else he could get his hands on. Yetta thought that maybe he was so angry because he couldn't drink anymore. The prohibition made it impossible for him to get any liquor, and they were too poor to buy any illegally. One night, in the light of the full moon, a young stranger came knocking on their door. Who would be wandering through the woods this late at night, she wondered. Yetta and her father lived way out in the mountains and hardly ever had visitors, especially at this hour. Yetta could hear the man and her father talking downstairs. He was a moonshine smuggler and offered her father some as payment for letting him stay the night. 
Her father was happy for the chance to drink again, but felt like it wasn't enough to last for any length of time. Can't I convince you to let me have a few more bottles? He asked drunkenly. Offer me something for it, the gentleman demanded. I got two hogs out back. They ain't worth much. They're not even fit to eat. Her father was right about that. Those hogs were so deformed and sickly, you'd have to be starving to death to even consider them for food. Even then, you'd probably rather just starve. Anything else? Asked the gentleman. Tell you what. I'll give you those hogs and my daughter for three bottles of shine every time you come through here. You can stay a night each time you stop by if you need to. The man thought about it, and a guaranteed place to stay during the winter was a pretty good deal, so he agreed. Yetta was thrilled at the thought of leaving with the handsome man, getting away from her father, and living the life her sisters had was like a dream come true. The next morning, before the sun rose, she had all her things packed up and ready to go. She walked outside to meet the man who was going to take her away. When he looked at her, he grimaced. Her father quickly tried to seal the deal by telling the man what a great cook she was and how well she kept the house. She might not be much to look at, but she cooks all right, he said. The gentleman looked her up and down one last time before rolling his eyes and gesturing for her to get on his wagon. He threw three bottles of moonshine at her father, as promised, and they rode off. Her father didn't even kiss her goodbye. Three years had passed, and the life she dreamed of turned out to be nothing but that. A dream. She spent her days cooking, gardening, scrubbing floors, and tending to those hogs, all while eight months pregnant. Late at night, she'd rub her belly and tell her bump that no matter what, they'd have each other. She was so excited for that baby. Even though she was living a rough life, she would soon be a mother, and that would make everything worth it. Her husband started coming home less and less. On the night of their baby's birth, Yetta was all alone. She writhed and screamed in agony for hours, until finally, the baby she'd so longed for had come. Her husband would never meet this baby. He never came home again. Night after night, she waited, worrying, all while the baby did nothing but cry and cry no matter what she did. The baby wouldn't sleep, and neither could she. The baby would just cry all hours of the day and night. One day, she received a letter from her husband. Yet a May, I've left you. I'm coming for the baby as soon as possible. The child deserves a mother. A do-less thing like you can't raise a baby. Yetta May tried to make sense of the letter, but couldn't concentrate, since the baby was still screaming its lungs off. Why won't he just be quiet? She hurried upstairs and set the baby down in the bed and ran out the door, letter in hand. She read it over and over again, each time cracking her heart, her mind. She wasn't going to let him take her baby, but she couldn't take that infernal screaming anymore. She could still hear him out on the porch. She walked back in and tried her best to console her screaming newborn. As night fell, she noticed the moon was full. Just like the night her husband whisked her away to this misery, only to abandon her. She looked down at her baby, still screaming, just like it had since the day he was born. Something in her snapped. She took off running down the stairs and into the yard. She shrieked, Shut up! And tossed her baby into the hog pen. She closed her eyes and covered her ears. 
The screaming intensified for only a moment, and then silence. In shock by what she had done, she silently walked back to the house and sat on the old rocking chair. And that's where she stayed until the next morning when her husband arrived with his new young bride to fetch his son. He shook Yetta awake and asked her where the baby was, and she blankly looked over at the hog pen. He followed her gaze and saw all the blood mixed in with the mud and the fat, full hogs laying in it. The husband was mortified. He didn't know what to say. He felt sick to his stomach and rode off with his new bride, cursing Yetta to hell and hoping she would rot away in that chair. And Yetta did just that. Day after day, she sat in that rocking chair, never moving an inch, never blinking. Her eyes became dry and her body ice cold. Her body froze as it sat in the cold night air all alone. And when the hogs were hungry for flesh once more, they broke down the wooden pen and rushed towards Yetta. They feasted on her. All the while, Yetta made no attempt to defend herself. No attempt to fight back the festering hogs. She was merely eaten alive with the frown plastered on her face. That house is long gone now, but the old withered posts from the pen are still there. Some say if you go to that spot on the night of a full moon, you'll hear a baby crying. Then you'll smell Yetta's putrid flesh mixed with wet mud. The baby's cries will get louder and louder, and when they go silent, it's too late. Yetta May has found you. She's there, holding her mangled newborn in a bloody bundle, with her demon hogs ready to feast on your flesh. Thank you, Kalisha, for sending this in. I don't know if this is an actual urban legend or if this is an original story that you wrote, but I like that it definitely reads like an old urban legend, um, and I really enjoyed it. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you're fascinated by the darker sides of humanity, join us every week on our podcast, Serial Killers, where we go deep into notorious true crime cases. With significant research and careful analysis, we examine the psyche of a killer, their motives and targets, and law enforcement's pursuit to stop their spree. Follow Serial Killers wherever you get your podcasts and get new episodes every Monday. This next story comes from Kim in the Philippines. This is something that happened to their mother when she was pregnant with them. My mother and father lived in a house which once belonged to my grandparents. The house is located in a big compound surrounded by a small forest. According to her story, it was a usual cold night when my mother was pregnant with me. My mother was watching television upstairs. She said that it was a drama and there was a woman in the show who was carrying a basket. Soon after, she heard the sound of a crying infant. 
She assumed that there was a baby in the basket on the TV. But moments later, the character revealed that the basket was empty. The sound of the baby crying continued. She realized it was coming from outside the house. She went to look out the window, a little afraid that she would see something she didn't want to see. She listened carefully. The crying of the baby gradually changed into a mischievous growl. She stepped back from the window. Suddenly, there was a loud tapping all over the house, the walls, the windows, the ceiling, as if something was crawling all around. It sounded like the fast pitter-patter of a small creature. Then the movement stopped, but only for a short moment. A noise suddenly came from the window, as if it was forcing its way in. Terrified, my mother hysterically called out to her husband to do something to protect her from it. My father swiftly rushed upstairs and instructed her to get away from the window. He grabbed his whip made from a stingray's tail and a necklace made from the teeth of a crocodile. He gave the necklace to my mother, demanding her to wear it for protection. He wielded the stingray's whip and bravely opened the window. All the growling noises narrowed to a silence. Then he saw it. He saw the blurry image of a small child with glowing red eyes outside the window. He whipped the window to warn the creature to stay away from him and his wife. In doing so, the creature fled from the roof and jumped on a nearby tree branch. The creature glared at my mother with its fiery stare. My father repeatedly whipped the window. It was working. The creature was slowly stepping back. My father exclaimed, Never come back, or next time I won't show mercy. Upon seeing that the creature disappeared into the darkness, my mother asked, Is that a Chinook? And he nodded back, still with his voice shaking. Yes. The Chinook is a vampiric creature in Filipino mythology that imitates the form of a child. It usually morphs into a newborn baby and cries in the jungle to attract victims. Once it is picked up by the victim, it reverts to its true form and attacks feasting on its flesh. They loved to prey on pregnant women, which is why my mother was targeted. She got lucky that night, and so did I. Filipino mythology and cryptids are my absolute favorite, so thank you so much, Kim, for sending that in. In the story, the husband gets out a whip that's made out of a stingray's tail, and that's actually a really old folk belief. It's believed to be one of the very few things that can actually protect you from any mythical monsters or creatures like this. And our final chapter will end us on a short and sweet note. This story was submitted by Claire. I was a newborn baby and everyone wanted to pay a visit to my family and I. My aunts, uncles, grandmas, and grandpas all came to our house just to see me. Except my great-grandma Maggie. She was very old and lived in a nursing home, so she couldn't drive to our house. Her husband also lived in the nursing home and couldn't drive. My great-grandma called my mom and asked if she could bring me to the nursing home so that she could meet me. Sorry, Grandma, we are so busy this week with getting my oldest to school. Maybe a different time, okay? My mom never went to the nursing home. Winter came not long after, and the roads were terrible. Despite the weather, my great-grandma continued to call my mom and asked my mom to bring me to her home. My mom was getting annoyed, so she unplugged the landline. 
Six months had passed, and my mom still hadn't brought me to visit my great-grandma. But at that time, it didn't matter anymore, because she had passed away. A few months after her funeral, my mom was having trouble putting me to sleep. I was squirming in her arms and would not stop crying. Then, for some reason, I stopped moving. I turned my little baby head to the corner of the room and started laughing. My mom got a little creeped out, and then a voice spoke. I'm just trying to help, sweetie. That voice was familiar to my mom. She realized that it was my great-grandmother. My mom wasn't scared of the voice anymore. She just told my great-grandma that I needed to get some rest. Moments after she said that, I fell asleep immediately. I'm a lot older now, and I live in a different house, but every night, I still hear footsteps on my carpet. I like to think it's my great-grandma just checking in on me. Child of the Cliff was inspired by a Filipino urban legend. Audio for that story edited by Johnny Ashley. All other story scripts edited by Adam Sinker and Sapphire Sindalo. Music and audio editing for this podcast by Sapphire Sindalo. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and receive bonus content, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, sweet dreams. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.